2: Welcome in. I am Brady Cannon, and this is my guys in the desert, and one of those guys is to my right, Amal Shah. We are here live at the South Point Hotel Casino and Spa on a football Friday, the sixth day of August. And uh, Amal, NFL football kicked off its preseason on Thursday night in Canton, Ohio. The Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Dallas Cowboys 16-3. They cover as two-and-a-half-point favorites. The game stays well under the total. 31 and a half and we saw really pretty decent moves in the market towards the favorite and the under those betters
4: got paid were you one of those betters that was involved in this game I didn't touch this game I wish I had I wish i had taken the under easiest under you're probably gonna get all season long didn't even come close to threatening this total of 31 and a half Brady I'll tell you what watching this game uh, I would love for them to do away with the Hall of Fame game moving forward this was just absolutely a But it's easy to bet on and make some money, apparently. Well, I mean, yeah, but you know, I, the reason I didn't bet it last night was because uh, I remember a couple years ago, I bet a preseason under, and I think it was Buffalo and somebody, and uh, it ended up going over, and I said, you know what, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I'm going to stay away from this one. It seems like preseason, I remember oh,
2: eight to 10 years ago, 12 years ago. I was really successful betting NFL preseason because it seems like you were able to get a real good handle on information. Who was going to play this game, take it more seriously? Who was just going to do a walkthrough as far as a practice? It seems
4: more random now. I I don't know. Do you get that sense? Well, I think it's going to be interesting this year with only three games, right? So teams are going to have to evaluate players with a little bit less time. Uh, also, I think if you follow beat reporters who cover teams fairly closely in terms of disseminating uh, information, particularly on Twitter or other social networks, you'll get an idea who's going to play, what a team is looking to do. Many coaches are upfront about it. Also, John Harve is a coach you're probably going to want to bet on with the right. Ravens. They've had tremendous success. Pete Carroll, the same thing. First-year head coaches generally tend to be a little bit more engaged in the preseason than, say, a team like New England or the Dallas Cowboys, who are a little bit more, uh, even though they had a struggle last year, Pittsburgh is another team. You know, your experienced teams are ones that are not necessarily looking to make a splash in uh, preseason. I thought Micah
2: Parsons and Najee Harris looked good last night, especially Parsons. That's a good sign for that Cowboys defense that certainly needs to improve this season. We begin the NFL preseason in earnest next Thursday. The Washington football team will be in New England to take on the Patriots, and the Steelers are at it again. They are on the road in Philadelphia to face the Eagles. Now, you just alluded to it, Amal, that you don't expect to see much out of the Patriots, but they do have a situation at Quarterback? Do you think Cam Newton is going to get a few reps, or do you think we're mostly going to see Mac Jones, the rookie out of Alabama?
4: You know, it remains to be seen. I'm not sure what the Patriots are going to do. I think we'll see a little bit of both. Uh, I think we'll see Cam Newton get a couple of reps. Look for Cam Newton. The question mark is: Does the arm strength? Is the arm strength there? Also, you know, they didn't have a lot of guys on that team to be able to really make plays. Yeah, last year. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, there's some concerns there. Look, Mac Jones was terrific at Alabama in his senior season, but. You're throwing the ball to Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle before he got hurt. One of, you know, in my opinion, as really as good as anybody not named Julio Jones to come out of Alabama at the wide receiver position. So lots of things that he had to work with. Let's see if he can necessarily carry that over when he's in Foxborough.
2: What about the Philadelphia Eagles? They will host the Pittsburgh Steelers. It will be their first preseason game. And, of course, they have a new coach. And, again, you kind of alluded to this. You've got a new coach. You think he would want to make a good impression. Maybe it's an opportunity to bet on Philadelphia there. Pittsburgh's already had one rep. You imagine that you've got a little bit of a blueprint on how they're going to approach this game. They're going to get Najee Harris some reps for sure. You don't necessarily. Maybe Big Maybe Big Ben plays. Maybe he does not. But, Seems to be a little bit more urgency on the Philadelphia side.
4: Probably. Uh, You know, anytime you're coming off a struggling season, you've got a young quarterback here trying to decide if he's going to be your franchise guy. I think there's a little bit more sense of urgency. I think the reps mean more. And we'll see if Jalen Hurts is the guy. Look, I don't personally believe Jalen Hurts is the guy, but I think Jalen Hurts are going to wind up with a terrific – eight to 12-year career in the NFL as a backup. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chase Daniels has stolen more That's money. It's not a bad career, is it? No, I really. I mean, think about this. Chase Daniels has stolen more money than any backup quarterback I can think of. <laughs> Nick Foles has made a living as a backup quarterback. It's not the worst job in the world. You're getting paid extremely well, and you're not taking hits. How do you approach the preseason? Do you bet on it religiously, or do you more
2: use it to assess what these teams are looking like heading into the season?
4: I, I don't really use it from an assessment standpoint. I'll look at situational spots. If there's a spot where I think there's a good opportunity, I'll take a look at betting it. Uh, but otherwise, I don't really get involved in it that much. Also, I'm curious how week three is going to play. I remember traditionally week three is the uh, kind of the walkthrough game where you'd see the starters play a half. Now that there's only three games, how are teams going to approach it? That's going to be critical in terms of how you play this. Yeah, absolutely. That will
2: be interesting to see how they approach it. I know our man Will Hill has his eyes set on Jacksonville hosting Cleveland, and we expect Urban Meyer and company to come out with a sense of urgency coming off of a poor season last year. We'll be back in just a moment with more My Guys in the Desert. Welcome back in and good afternoon to those of you just now joining us. I am Brady Cannon and this is my guys in the desert. One of my guys is to my right. It's Amal Shah and myself here on a football Friday live from the South Point Hotel Casino and Spa in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada and talking a little preseason NFL football. Of course, on Thursday night, the Pittsburgh Steelers defeat the Dallas Cowboys six to three to kick off the NFL preseason and let's get into the regular season a little bit here for the rest of the segment. Amal, we will preview all the divisions in the NFL in the show today and we'll begin on the NFC side of things and we'll start in the NFC East. Of course, the Cowboys are the favorite to win this division. The Washington football team is the defending division champs. The Giants and the Eagles both had struggling years last year and the Eagles are the team picked to finish last currently by the odds makers in this division. And I don't necessarily disagree with that, all. But the other three teams, the Cowboys, Washington, and Giants, I think this division is really a toss-up between those three.
4: Uh, I like the Washington football team to win this division. I think Fitzpatrick coming in at quarterback makes a huge difference. They add in Curtis Samuel to go along with Terry McLaurin. I think this defense only gets better. When you look at their front four, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, uh, uh, Payne as well, These are four first-rounders, Deron Payne there. I think it's going to make a difference as this team continues to get better. I like them to win the East. I think the Giants will be better defensively, um, but I still have question marks about Daniel Jones. And Dallas, defensively, they've got to get better. They were horrendous last year. Even if they improved by 25%, I don't know if it's still good enough based on how bad they were.
2: Well, with Dak Prescott and what he did early in the season before his injury, you have to think that offense will get back on track. The offensive line is much healthier. Your man, Ezekiel Elliott, out of Ohio State, a lot of people are expecting a bounce-back season from him. I kind of tend to agree with that. Of course, they went really defensive-heavy in the draft, and we talked about Micah Parsons. He had a good showing on Thursday night for that Dallas defense. You talked about the receivers that the Washington football team has added, and I'm with you. I'm high on the Washington football team as well. I actually have a bet on them to win the conference championship. Uh, I I think Ron Rivera and I love the tandem of Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio. I I think that is a great coaching duo there. I think that's the best coaching duo in that division in the NFC East. But you mentioned the receiver. They add Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, of course, over there. But how about the receivers now for the New York Giants? And and you said you still had questions about Daniel Jones. He's going to get a lot of help at wide receiver and one guy I really like is Kadarius Tone out of Florida.
4: Yeah, you know, I think he should be uh, really tremendous Uh, depending on how they utilize him. If they put him in the slot, I want to see if they can make full use of his agility and quickness. That'll be the key uh, I do think they have some talent when you look at this team overall, like Sterling Shepard. Ingram's a solid player at the tight end position. This team can be dangerous, but again, Daniel Jones, is he consistent enough to make throws, or is this another Caden McNown situation where a guy looks good in practice and then he can't translate to the field?
2: Well, it's really going to be on him. They add help on the offensive line, they give him some weapons at wide receiver. You, meant, uh, you didn't mention Kenny Galladay, too, now joins yep. the crew there, so that's a real threat for the New York Giants. We had those alternate season win totals there on the screen, if you put those back up for just a moment, uh, Wes Reynolds and I were talking about the NFC East alternate season win totals. These are courtesy of our friends at DraftKings, and I think the Giants all at over eight at plus 175 you're asking this team to go what nine and eight on the year a game over 500 and you cash that ticket at plus 175 i don't think that's a bad bet especially in a division where there's certainly three out of those four teams there are two out of the other three teams the cowboys and the eagles that they can possibly get a win over if not two yeah i mean let me ask you this what do you think their division record is going to be Well, I I would imagine they can probably get one win over Washington, and I think they've got a chance to beat the Cowboys and the Eagles twice, so I I think they could possibly get five division
4: wins. What have the Giants done in this offseason to go from an average team, aside from the fact that Saquon Barkley is going to be healthier, to becoming a division potential champion in a uh, a nine-win team?
2: Well, I, I just think they're being undervalued. I, I think I mean their their win total is in the neighborhood of seven, okay? And I think you're getting a pretty good bet there to with the adjusted win total there up to eight and plus 175 if they can go over that. I I think people are kind of pushing aside the Giants. Everybody's focused on the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys. It seems like in the division, people are relegating the Philadelphia Eagles to finish last. Uh, And I think people are kind of forgetting about New York. Uh, I'm I'm one of the proponents of the Washington football team, and you mentioned you are too. But I don't know if New York is being paid enough attention to.
4: I, I think they can easily finish a game above 500, and then you cash that ticket. Well, if you look at last year, they beat Washington twice. Give them full credit for that. But remember, Washington was doing it with Dwayne Haskins at quarterback, really not that impactful. They beat Philadelphia. They beat the Bengals. And they beat the best win they had was at Seattle, obviously. That was an impressive one. And then they beat Dallas in the final week of the season. Um, the quarterback played, and for that's War- all without Barkley or, or the receivers that they've added, or the offensive line help that they've right. Added. Dallas was without Dak Prescott. The Washington sure. football team had Dwayne Haskins at quarterback, who's basically one step away from fly- filing unemployment. He looked pretty uh- good last night. Well, there's a lot of guys he played against uh, in that Dallas defense that will also be on the unemployment <laughs> line. So, uh, no, my point being is that I can appreciate what you're saying, but I don't know if they're going to get to nine wins because, remember, the, the alternate totals at eight, that plus 175. You've got to get to nine wins to cash that. Do you think when you look at this schedule that they're a nine and eight team last year six and ten straight up? Um, do you, I mean, they've got some interesting games in the middle of their schedule from week 7 to week 12. They have a bye week in there, but they play the Panthers at home, which is a winnable game, at Kansas City Raiders at home. Then they're at Tampa, and then, of course, they host the Eagles. But uh, to me, the back end of their schedule can be as challenging at Miami, at the Chargers. Uh, Cowboys, obviously, division game, always going to be tough, at the Eagles, at Bears, and at Washington. So you uh, like the football team, the Washington football team, to win this division. Who, I would, do. You, who would you pick to finish second? I would, uh, you know what? That's a great question. I don't know because I, I, I would give a slight edge to Dallas because today's NFL is geared towards offense, mm-hmm. and you're going to get a lot of benefits in terms of calls when you're a throwing team, and you could potentially have a good running game if Dallas's offensive line is healthy. I would give a slight edge to Dallas. But I don't say that with any any kind of confidence, but I still, for me, the clear cut team in the division is Washington compared to the other three teams. All right,
2: let's move over to the NFC North. And I'm really glad that you're vaccinated them all because I was going to request that I was enclosed in a plexiglass circle here today to do the show with you. If you weren't Uh, Kirk cousins, he's going that direction. I'm sure you've heard.
4: I have not actually. I didn't hear that. Well, I don't listen. I don't pay attention to quarterbacks (laughs) that rank between 15th and 30th in the league. a huge Cousins fan and now he's going to wrap himself in plexiglass
2: uh, and remain unvaccinated. You didn't see that story, seriously? No, I really didn't and,
4: you know, frankly speaking... Does it surprise you that your boy would say something like that? I, you know, I don't know enough about Kirk Cousins to comment one way or the other, but I can tell you this. He's not winning you any rings, so you don't have to worry about in the Twin Cities planning a parade in anytime soon.
2: Alright, so are you headed towards the Packers to take this division? I, I think this division is relatively weak, and I think the Packers will be a pretty decent team. Obviously, the Aaron Rodgers situation seems to be resolved now at this point, but uh, we don't expect the Lions to be a great club. Uh, some changes there no longer have Matthew Stafford at quarterback. Jared Goff moves in. They have a new head coach. I really don't have high hopes for the Chicago Bears. There's not really a lot on that team that really just thrills me. And I think the Vikings are a little bit vanilla as well. Where do you stand on the NFC North?
4: Well look, I like the Packers. I mean, that's not really that much of a shock because when you look at the fact that they were a 13-3 and team last year Aaron Rodgers obviously back in the fold. I didn't think he was going anywhere. Um, But to me, I think the Minnesota and Chicago Bears, excuse me, Chicago and Minnesota could be a little bit improved. Minnesota was decimated by injuries. When you look at the fact that Daniil Hunter, uh, Anthony Kendricks, uh, Anthony Barr, or excuse me, uh, Kendricks and Barr, both of them being out last year, that's a huge blow. When you lose three of those guys in the front seven, those are terrific, Uh, particularly that those Barr and Kendricks, the linebacker position, I think are outstanding. So I think they'll be better defensively. Mike Zimmer generally does not have bad defenses in back-to-back seasons. I still think the Packers at minus 160 are a good bet based on the price. But pay attention to Minnesota. Jefferson, Thielen, Cook, dangerous team. Offensive line should be a little bit better. It's going to come down to Cousins. The Bears, I think, have a little bit of rejuvenated energy within that locker room with the drafting of Justin Fields. I expect him to get on the field by probably week three or four. Let's see what the Red Rifle is able to do. They have a tough opener against the Rams. But after that, I think we could see a change of quarterback. And I think the Bears could be a sneaky team that could be potentially dangerous if there's any injuries that beset Green Bay or Minnesota. So I I think the Bears are not that far away, but I don't think they're going to be a legitimate contender in the NFC. I think they are a team that can make a push for the postseason.
2: As far as the division odds there, the Vikings at plus 250, and that's come down a little bit, really adjusted when Aaron Rodgers signed on full-time with the Packers, came back to camp there with Green Bay. That number on the Vikings went down a little bit. But the Bears at plus 550, uh, would you possibly think about maybe making a wager on the Bears and the Vikings at plus money? And if one of them comes through, obviously you get paid and turn a profit.
4: Yeah, it's not a bad idea, actually, uh, when you look at it. I, I still think it's going to be tough, barring injury for Aaron Aaron Rodgers. Here's the other thing nowadays, Brady. Uh, I know Prescott got hurt last year, but it was a bit of a fluke because nowadays, because quarterbacks aren't being able to be, they're not in a position where they're hit that much, the injury concern for the quarterback position is not as as strong as it once was. Mm -hmm. So I think that helps Green Bay immensely. You could line up a bag of dirt with Aaron Rodgers, they're going to find a way to get into the playoffs. And I think in this division, you're looking at the Lions. They can maybe steal a game at home against Minnesota or Chicago. Packers probably have a chance to go in this division worst 4 and 2, probably 5 and 1 or 6 and 0.
2: This division seems to be home to both of your favorite quarterbacks in the NFL, Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff.
4: Yeah, you know, these, these guys are just unbelievable. It, that's why the NFL is so great. You can be so bad at your job and make a combined over $200 million between Goff and Cousins. Think about this, Brady. Any other line of work you're in, you are unemployed. They are escorting you out. Security is there. They're saying, sir, can you please turn in your badge? We're going to have to ask you to leave the premises. We'll send you your belongings. Do you think this is the worst division in football? No, I think the worst division in football, depending on how you classify it, is the AFC East, and it's by a large margin. Okay, and tell me why. Because I think the Miami Dolphins were a bit of an aberration with a weak schedule last year. I don't think two was the answer. I thought Fitzmagic was able to save them in situations last year. I know the Patriots had a ton of opt-outs, but guys get older. They haven't played in a while. Let's see how they can adjust. The Jets are a team that drafted number two last year. You look at this team. Detroit is probably slightly still better than uh, the Jets. Okay. To me, Minnesota is probably on par with the Miami Dolphins. The Bears are probably ahead of the New England Patriots or vice versa, however you want to adjust those teams. And I think Green Bay is better than Buffalo at this point in time, or at least if not their level. How
2: good is Green Bay? And I know I think uh, it's pretty easy to tell that you like them to win this division and they're the clear-cut favorite there. Uh, They should be able to make the playoffs, no problem. But how How good are they? How far they how how far can they go? Last year, I had a futures ticket on them to win the NFC conference. And of course, they lost in that NFC championship game to the eventual Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That one was in Green Bay. Uh, But is this version, is this 2021 version of the Green Bay Packers as good as last year's team or is it better? And can they go further?
4: You know, well, I think they can still go further, but I don't know if it's as good. Last year, 13-3 and three during the regular season. I think it's going to be tough to duplicate. You're at the uh, schedules going to be challenging. Remember the previous year they got to the NFC Championship game, got crushed by the 49ers. Um, and this is one you feel like got away because they had this game at home. Uh, I think this team should be successful. But remember, this Minnesota team was decimated with injuries. I think that benefited Green Bay a little bit in terms of within division play. I like this Packers team a lot. As long as Rodgers is there, you always have a chance. It's kind of like Kansas City. If the offensive line is just halfway decent with Mahomes, you're going to have a chance. You look at Jair Alexander in the back, arguably one of the top cornerbacks, if not the top cornerback in the NFL. They lose Corey Lindsley on the offensive line, goes to the Chargers. That's a big blow. But they draft Josh Myers out of Ohio State. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has spoke highly of him thus far at the center position. I expect him to play well. He's a guy that has played on the offensive line, not just to the center position in college. So I I think they'll be just fine there. Um, If they can find consistency in the running game with Rodgers, it's going to be tough to slow down the passing game.
2: If we look at the alternate win totals there for the NFC North, again, these are courtesy of our friends at DraftKings. Get that uh, graphic up there for you, Amal, and we'll see if there's anything that you like as far as alternate win totals in this division. I know the Detroit Lions, their adjusted number, you could go under or over 3.5. And there it is there. You've got five and a half. You can go over that at plus 150. You can go under three and a half wins for the Detroit, or excuse me, for the Detroit Lions to get just three wins on the season. It'll pay you plus 230. Is that at all attractive to you?
4: Uh, no, I don't like to generally get involved in bad teams unless betting against them. And when you get into that three, four, five range, Brady, it's necess- it's tough. Doesn't to get- take
2: much to get there, right?
4: Yeah, it really doesn't. Because think about this week seventeen. I'm not sure who the Lions are facing, but regardless, let's say that's a playoff team. Yeah, they may be sitting somebody. So now you have an opportunity to get a win there. Maybe along the way, there's an injury in a quarterback in a week. You're getting ready to play the Lions. They get a win at home. So I'm not interested in this these total on the total on the Lions at all. The one that intrigues me is the Packers. At over 11 plus 140, I would mm-hmm. probably take the 10 at minus 140 because this is a 13 and 3 team from last year with unfinished business. The Rogers is back. He's got something to prove based on everything that's transpired in the offseason. A good opportunity. Look, going eleven and uh, six is very plausible. Twelve and five is also very realistic for this team. How about the uh, Chicago Bears? You said you think they might
2: be improved and could have a uh, some good fortune in the coming season. And uh, if they can get their new quarterback, uh, your man out of Ohio State, Justin Fields, into the starting role, that could certainly put a boost into this team. You've got the adjusted win totals there: eight and a half and six and a half. Can they get to nine wins, and it'll pay you two to one?
4: Yeah, it's a great number, plus 200. I don't know. I wouldn't bet it. I'm saying that the Bears have a chance if they get off to a fast start and Fields can have a bit of an impact, then I think this team could go in the right direction and make a potential playoff push. Remember last year, they were still a wild card team, I think defensively with Mack and some of the other pieces that they have there that can be dangerous. That's not one I would go out and bet, though. All right, we're going to talk about
2: USA basketball in the next segment. We've also got UFC 265 in Houston, Texas, coming up this Saturday evening, and then also some golf going on, a World Golf Championship taking place in Memphis, Tennessee. We'll see what Amal thinks about all of that on the other side. Just getting started here on a football Friday at My Guys in the Desert on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. We'll be right back. From the OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Hotel Casino, this is My Guys in the Desert. Go to OddsTrader.com Download the free OddsTrader app right now and start winning with up to the second info you need. Brady Cannon and Amal Shah with you here at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network and we've got a gold medal matchup on the hardwood tonight. Amal USA going at it against France on the basketball court. Kevin Durant and company trying to bring home the gold medal and this is a little bit of a revenge game. Double revenge for the USA taking on the team from France that beat them in pool play earlier in this Olympics and if you look at the odds the USA is now minus 800 to take home the gold medal and it was just about a week ago Amal after they lost that game that they were down to minus 200 to be your gold medal winner that was certainly a good looking buy low spot at this point but are you going to lay the wood with team USA tonight they're laying 13 points your total at 176
4: I am not but if you're a moneyline line player this is one, even though it's nine dollars, you can take simply because it's a gold medals at stake, right? It's not one of those situations where people are just gonna, eh, if we lose, we lose. No, yeah, right. You, you know, so, but no, I'm not going to touch this game. I expect the United States to win this game. Whether they cover this one or not remains to be seen. But I'll tell you what, Kevin Durant has had a terrific Olympic run so far, and you look at some of these guys. By the way, I, I was shocked when I saw some of the names on this roster. Uh, particularly JaVale McGee. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if he was there to help with uh, getting practice balls or what. I, I didn't realize JaVale McGee's He's the qual- manager. Yeah, that's exactly. That's what I was assuming. <laughs> I mean, come on, give me a break. Um But they should be able to win this one. Bounce back spot. There was a lot of criticism, you know, kind of geared towards Greg Popovich. Remember, this is a guy who's won five NBA titles. Uh, Somehow, if I recall correctly, Mike Krzyzewski has won none. But I'm sure John Feinstein will come in with a comment in 30 seconds letting us know why he hasn't. But other than that, I think the United States should roll in this game. Uh, Total 176, Brady. No interest in the total in this one at all. But I, I expect the United States to continue to move forward.
2: Team USA did get a scare from Australia the other night, but came back to win that game and cover the number there yeah
4: hold on a second think about this in the last 20 years there's one city that has produced three number one overall picks in the nba draft okay melbourne australia yeah andrew bogut kyrie
2: irving and ben simmons very interesting. And I love that team. I, Wes Reynolds and I were joking. Randy Bennett from St. Mary's ought to go over and coach that team with Patty Mills and Matthew <laughs> Della Vadova, right? Yeah,
4: yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's an Australian
2: right. pipeline there in Moraga, California.
4: Well, you know, think about this, though. Uh, I know Ohio State's gotten a couple of punters from Australia because they have a great kicking program yes. down in Australia. Once a program establishes itself like Randy Bennett has done on the West Coast, and the other thing is an advantage for whether you're in Perth, whether you're in Sydney, Adelaide, wherever. It's just easier to get to the West Coast, Brady. That's, you know, close to where you grew up. To, you know, you can fly Qantas in from San Francisco to Sydney a lot easier than you can from other parts of the country. We've got UFC 265 coming up on
2: Saturday night in Houston, Texas. And I know them all, you don't do a whole lot of UFC betting, but this heavyweight matchup in the main event uh, looks to be pretty compelling. And it's Cyril Gahn taking on Derek Lewis. And Gahn is a heavy favorite. He's like minus 350 or so. But I know there will be some public action on the underdog. I have a good feeling because Lewis. He, he quote-unquote, has a puncher's chance. He's got a very heavy right hand and he could take out Cyril Ghosn with one shot, but Gone, indeed a big favorite there at minus 350. Check out Lou Finicaro's column in Point Spread Weekly for more information on UFC 265. Let's turn to tennis, Amal. That's your wheelhouse, and I was wondering if you bet just the Grand Slam events or if you bet tennis every day and more often than that, and uh, the answer was the latter. You're betting tennis all the time.
4: Yeah, it's absolutely. It's going on all over the Place right now. There's uh, two uh, 500 level tournaments. One in Washington D.C. the City Open, and then one in San Jose. Right now on the women's side, some good opportunities. there. one match coming up today, 4:30 Pacific time, 7:30 Eastern. Anna Konyu, uh excuse me, Anna Conju going up against Shuai uh, Zhang from China. I like Konju here. She's beaten her twice. Minus 140 is the price, Brady. I think she'll make it a trifecta here. Young player, 23 years old. She should be able to get it done today in straight sets.
2: Anybody that you're looking at, either on the men's side or the ladies for the U.S. Open coming up later this month? You
4: know, on the women's side, uh, Elena Rubikina lost a tough match to Alina Spitalina in the uh, goal, in the bronze medal game, but she's bounced back nicely. I think she's got a chance. She's dangerous young player. Uh, she's got an opportunity there. Um, on the women's side, it's kind of wide open. I want to see how Ash Barty does in the tune-ups in Montreal before this tournament. Let's see what happens next week. Uh, Naomi Osaka, a little bit too much turmoil off the court right now to be able to back her, so I'm not going to take a shot with her. Men's side, it's going to be Novak or Bust. The fact that he lost the gold medal or even didn't get a medal in the Olympics, I think it's going to really haunt him. A chance for a single season Grand Slam, something Roger Rafa have never been able to do. This would be just the tremendous feather in uh, Novak's cap.
2: Taking a quick look at the WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational in Memphis, Tennessee. A star studded field, of course a World Golf Championship and my guy Harris English is at the top I hope he's able to hold on I have a ticket on English at 50 to 1 he's at 13 under par two shots ahead of the Australian Cameron Smith and Abraham answer we'll come back with more my guys in the desert in just a moment stick with us at v-sin The VEASAN College Football Betting Guide is here. Start your football season out on the right foot with our expert analysis and picks for conference champions, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff teams, plus power ratings for every team. Now is also a great time to get your all-access VEASAN subscription, which includes our college and pro football betting guides, along with everything we offer for the entire football season. Get your college football betting guide for only $19.99 or start your free all-access trial today. It's all at VEASAN.com slash I'm all shaw and Brady Cannon with you. It's my guys in the desert, and time to talk a little college football. If you haven't seen that college football betting guide yet, you're going to want to get your hands on it before the season kicks off. It will kick off on Saturday, August 28th, just 22 days from now. And uh, let's dive into the Big Ten, Amal. I know this is a conference near and dear to your heart as a graduate of Michigan. Uh, you went to Michigan, right? I don't, I refuse to comment. <laughs> I just have to find the right buttons to push with you, and I thought that was going to be one of them. Honestly,
4: know because I don't have the loathing for Michigan that most Ohio State fans have. I cheer for the Big Ten in every bowl game in the NCAA tournament. I'm a little bit more of a conference homer. I know Ohio State's never going to get held out of the playoffs if they have a good season, unlike some of the other teams that need other teams to lose along the way. I'm with you. I, I root for the West Coast teams, too, when they get involved in national
2: tournaments and whatnot. Uh, Ohio State and Wisconsin, as far as the Big Ten, they are the favorites. You've got Penn State and Minnesota, kind of the under-the-weeds underdogs that a lot of people like to possibly emerge in that conference. And then Northwestern and Rutgers figure to be at the bottom of the barrel there. Uh, would you make any plays on Ohio State as a big favorite to win this conference and back your alma mater?
4: Yeah, you know, the problem is, Brady, had my, I think minus 400 to win the East. I don't know what they are to win the, uh, the conference. I think they're minus 230. It's a big number I don't think it's worth it based on the fact that you could be facing off against Wisconsin uh, in the Big Ten championship game so I wouldn't probably play the Buckeyes to win this uh, league I I don't particularly like it the season win total 11 is not another good play either if they drop a game there at 11 you're looking at a push Um, you know they have a strong possibility going undefeated but also at the same time they drop a game then you you wind up with a season-long bet that you're sweating the rest of the way The Oregon game is going to be interesting on September 11th. I'm looking forward to that, too. Yeah. Nice um, matchup. It is. uh, Making the playoffs, I like them at minus 225. You know, similar price to winning the Big Ten. uh, You're probably better off betting them to win the Big Ten just in case things go awry. That way you have a little bit 230 versus minus 225. It's a little bit better. I don't think they have a lot of challengers in the Big Ten East. I think Penn State's the only team that realistically could challenge them. Michigan's got a ton of question marks. I think Indiana takes a huge step back this year, but I do like Indiana getting the points at Iowa. September fourth line at four and a half. I think by kickoff you'll see it at four or three and a half. Uh, That's one to pay attention to. And also opening weekend, and I know we'll be talking about the West in a second here. I like Bucky Badger at home against Penn State. I think it's going to be a tough spot for the Beavers to go on the road uh, at Camp Randall. I think one of the biggest home field advantages in college football. I like Wisconsin to win that game.
2: Who is a team? Obviously, Ohio State is the favorite here, but who is a team maybe at a plus price that you think could be a live dog that you're very high on on either side, either division in the conference?
4: To win the conference? Yeah. Or a team
2: to make some real noise. I know a lot of people are talking about Minnesota and Penn State as some live dogs in this conference. Are you in that camp as well, or is there another team <laughs> yeah, that you think could threaten the Buckeyes?
4: I am, but I, I don't look at them as being really like you know long shots. Okay. You know, Penn State still, to me, is the second-best team in the East Division behind Ohio State. Minnesota's probably third when you look at it because Northwestern lost a ton. I think only two starters back, four on defense for the Wildcats. Minnesota's got a ton of guys back, including Tanner Morgan, their quarterback. I, uh, to me, uh, they've got an, a very effective running game. I, I like what they have on the ground there. Uh, um, uh, Ibrahim Mohammed, I, I think I, I'm drawing a blank on the name, uh, but – You know, to me, this is a dangerous team. Probably Iowa at 14-1 to in terms of winning the league. That's probably your best long shot. I think the Hawkeyes are very dangerous. Uh, Again, Indiana had a lot of things go their way last year. When you look at the other side of the column, Nebraska, Northwestern, Rutgers, Sparty, Maryland, Purdue, Illinois – Uh, Donate money to your local food bank before betting on these guys.
2: (laughs) You mentioned uh, Indiana and the great season that they had last year. If you look at that college football betting guide, our friend Paul Stone has a column in there with five teams that he would bet on this year and five teams he is looking to fade this year in college football. And one of those teams is the Hoosiers of Indiana. And really, I think this is kind of a what goes up must come down theory here, Amal. They had a very successful season. They really got some fortunate bounces you remember that game against Penn State, but Paul is looking to fade the Hoosiers this year, and it sounds like you would be on that train as well.
4: You know, I love the teams he's got on here. Arkansas, I tend to agree with; they were horrendous. Uh, allowed here, we on the graphics has allowed fifty points in three of their last four games. Tennessee, they lost a ton of guys. Look, I thought Eric Gray, who transferred to Oklahoma, was one of the most unheralded transfers. What a get! I the best offensive transfer in college football this year. Uh, then you have Henry to 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 toe-toe-toe, going to Alabama, the linebacker, he's a stud. They lose a lot of Tennessee. Of course today. he goes to Alabama, yeah. right? Well, I mean, if you're the best, why not be with the best? And yeah. that's, that's what it is. Colorado, uh, I'm not really high on them and what Carl Durrell is doing. Let's see what they're able to do. I think he will improve, but but it
2: might not be next year. It's going to take a couple years, but I think I think is a good fit for the Buffaloes.
4: Well, here, Here's the thing. I was talking to Mike Pritchard, who played at Colorado before uh, about a week ago about Carl Durrell, and he, Mike Kind of echoes the same sentiments you do, which is he's got them going the right direction. To me, when I look at Carl Durrell, and forget what he does X's nose-wise, I would never hire the guy because within five seconds, he doesn't have a personality to me that's going to go into Los Angeles, into Miami, into Dallas, into Houston, and just go wow a kid and get him in there to play. You know, what made Pete Carroll great, Nick Saban wins and he's done a great job, and a lot of people tell you behind the scenes he's a funny guy. But to me, there's a certain personality I want my head coach to have. I look at Matt Campbell at Iowa State. That's my first hire if I'm looking to hire somebody. Personality, the ability to coach, and just bring guys in. You know, you can say all you want about Dabo Sweeney, but the guys seem to love playing for him. I think there's just a certain connection. Carl Durrell just doesn't jump off the page like that for me. Chip Kelly, same, same knock on him in Los Angeles. He hates recruiting, doesn't have that personality for it, in my opinion. Guys that have the personality for it tend to bring in players. You know, Ron Zook did at Florida. Unbelievably likable, brought in great players. Now, wasn't a great X's and O's guy, and we saw that with them, but so that's my one hang up on the Buffaloes. Indiana last year, if Penn State takes a knee as they get the first down, the whole season for the Hoosiers goes differently. I, I think that was a critical play. Justin Fields also made some plays like he was back at Harrison High School in Georgia against IU in that game. Can't rely on that. I think the Hoosiers take a step back. And then Auburn. I'm going to tell you right now, this is the biggest question mark I have in college football. Why the hell did you hire Brian Harson from Boise, Idaho? You already have me- goes to your point about recruiting, too. Not that Harson's necessarily a bad coach,
2: but how is he going to go into SEC territory?
4: That, that's exactly. I, I don't get the fit. You're going up against Nick Saban in Alabama. You already had a mediocre coach in Gus Malzahn. I mean, all of a sudden, you think, you know, Harson. If you look at the coaches that have left Boise, Dirk Cutter was mediocre at best at Arizona State. Uh, Hawkins failed when he got to Colorado. Uh, Peterson's the only one who's had any success when he was at UW, and he wasn't there that long. Let's see what Harson's able to do at Auburn.
2: All right, back to the NFL next. We'll stick in the NFC and couple a couple more divisions here when we return on My Guys in the Desert at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. College Football Betting Guide is here. Start your football season out on the right foot with our expert analysis and picks for conference champions, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff teams, plus power ratings for every team. Now is also a great time to get your all-access VEASAN subscription, including our college and pro football betting guides, along with everything we offer for the entire football season. Get your college football betting guide for only nineteen ninety-nine, or start your free all-access trial today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back into My Guys in the Desert. My guy to my right is Amal Shah today here live at the South Point Hotel, Casino, and Spa covering the NFL division by division, and we covered the NFC North and the NFC East earlier in the show. We want to move over to the NFC West and the NFC South here in this segment, and we'll start with the NFC West, Amal, and... I think you and I could probably both agree that this is the best division in football and quite competitive, and I really don't think there's a dud in this division. Many people have the Cardinals picked to finish last here, and they might finish 500 and still finish last in this division. Very good teams with the Los Angeles Rams as the favorite. They are closely followed by the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. But what I was mentioning earlier, I don't think the Cardinals are that bad, and I think they've got
4: a shot here to win this whole thing too. Yeah, I think if you look at a fourth-place team in any division, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a better team than there the Arizona go. Cardinals. Right. I mean, look at their win total. Is that eight and a half? Think about this. What other division does a fourth-place team or projected fourth-place team have an eight-and-a-half season win total? The only one that's close is the
2: AFC West. The Raiders, I believe, are seven and a half for their total, but basically every team well, in that division is, is competitive as well.
4: Yeah, I, I don't know who the hell's making the odds on the AFC West, but... <laughs> Why do people think the Denver Broncos are any good? Has anyone watched Drew Locke in his career? And obviously we know John Elway didn't. That's why he drafted him. I mean, Drew Locke is absolutely just atrocious. He's not a starting quarterback in this league, but they'll continue to trot him out there. They'll continue to draft somewhere between, oh, 8 and 12. I don't get this affinity for the Denver Broncos. Last time I checked, he didn't even win six games last year.
2: Well, we will talk about the AFC West a little bit later in the program in the second hour, and you can pick up your
4: rant there on
2: Drew Rock. On now, Drew It's kind
4: Rock of hard when you have to take a pause. You know, like I was ready to go for 10 minutes on this Broncos team, but let's go back to the NFC West. <laughs> Alright, so who do you
2: like? I, I think you and I both agree the Cardinals are a pretty darn good team that's picked to finish fourth in this division. Uh, I like the 49ers here, Amal. Uh, I think maybe they're being a little bit discounted because they fell off so much last year. There was not a team that I can remember in a long time being more decimated by injury, COVID problems, what have you. Uh, It it just really hit the Super Bowl loser very hard, and I think that has maybe influenced some of their numbers that we're seeing in the futures market, season win totals, that type of thing. I think the Niners will bounce back with a vengeance. I like them to win this division. Uh, I kind of like them a little bit better than the Rams. Uh, Matthew Stafford, I know that's a big upgrade there. This team seems like they're putting all their chips in the middle of the table. I just don't know if it's going to work. And, and I'm really unsure on the Seahawks. I don't love this team, but they seem to always find a way to get 11 or 12 wins.
4: All right, Russell Wilson's always dangerous, but I'm going to post to you the question you asked me, who's going to win this division? I'm going to give you the answer that uh, Ned Beatty's character gives to the young lad who's friends with Rudy Ritterger's character in uh, Rudy goes, son, there's only one team in this house. He goes, can we at halftime, Mr. Rüdiger, can we check the uh, Indiana score? There's only one team in this house, and there's only one team here at VEASAN we're taking. That's the LA Rams. All right, Matthew Stafford, this is a first overall pick. You want to rely on a retread named Jimmy Garoppolo. Brady, I know you're a 49er fan. I know you went to a great high school program at Concord De La Salle, so you're used to winning football, but I'm going to tell you right now, buddy, enjoy your five Super Bowl rings. You better dust them off, because your 49ers are not going anywhere. Jimmy, Garoppolo is only leading you to a runner-up. Emmanuel Sanders, any other 49er quarterback hits that, including Jeff Garcia, and you got ring number six. It's not happening. Stafford and the Rams this year. Garoppolo might not even start week one. Well, no, he's going to start because I think when you look at uh, Lance, he's a young guy, and I love what somebody said about him in the draft. He's a year away from being a a year away. I mean, this is a guy who played one year of collegiate ball. Trey Lance could potentially be Mitchell Trubisky 2.0.
2: I don't know. He's been lighting it up at camp. He's been getting really good rave reviews at camp for the 49ers, and there's a lot of buzz that he might
4: start week one. Our producer, Brian Rogers, is big into movies. Remember in Bloodsport, when he hits the brick, he goes – Brick don't hit back in training camp. Linemen don't hit the quarterback. That's true, yet.
2: too. That's true, too. And, and I'm I'm with you. I think Jimmy Garoppolo will start week one. I mean, and Kyle Shanahan has said it as well, that Trey Lance is going to have to really do something incredible over the top to earn that starting job because it is training camp. And he hasn't done anything just yet in a real live NFL football game, which Jimmy Garoppolo has. And I also and I'm with you on Garoppolo. He hasn't obviously been all that impressive. But I, be, I do believe there, there's a little bit of a sense of urgency behind him because he knows Lance is right behind him chomping at the bit. And he's seeing what Trey Lance has done in training camp. So I think Jimmy Garoppolo
4: will have some good pressure to perform and could, could come uh, guns a-blazing. The thing with the pressure you mentioned about Garoppolo, I don't think it's just about whether he's going to be a starter in San Francisco. It's can this guy be a starter in the league? You know, when you look oh, at I think he can. I mean, he's better than a lot of quarterbacks in this league. You mentioned Drew Locke. Well, listen, Denver, I, I, just because teams make bad decisions, that doesn't mean they're going to upgrade their quarterback with a Jimmy G. All I'm saying to you is I don't believe Jimmy Garoppolo. Look at the defense in the running game San Francisco has. They've got a top three play caller in Kyle Shanahan. For me, Sean Payton, Sean McVay, and Kyle Shanahan, in that order, the three best play callers in the NFL. Garoppolo is a guy, if he makes the proper throw. You know, you don't know, want to tell you what tells you Kyle Shanahan doesn't believe in Jimmy Garoppolo. Kansas City Chiefs had second down and 17 in the Super Bowl, and, and Kyle Shanahan chose not to call it. Timeout. Every coach in the NFL is falling over themselves to reach out to a referee when a team like that has second and 17 to get the football back. They run the ball near the end of the first half. That tells you all you need to know about that. They were trying to acquire Aaron Rodgers. I get you anybody would try and acquire Rodgers, but they were like looking to make other moves. I think this defense is elite. I think Fred Warner is the best linebacker in the NFL. I think he's unbelievable. I want to see how Nick Bosa performs. There's two knocks I have on Bosa. Number one, anytime you're coming off an injury, can a player perform at the same level? The second thing is Bosa and his brother Joey both have been injury-prone throughout their careers, back to their days at Ohio State and respectively with the 49ers and the Chargers. Can they be healthy? That's a question mark. And who's the big guy, uh, Buckner, that went to the Colts? Yes. I thought that was a big loss for them, and mm-hmm. I don't think that's one that they've necessarily been able to solidify in replacing. So well, I Well, I, I,
2: I love the kid that they drafted from South Carolina last like last year he had a good rookie campaign and I think he'll be good again they're trying to replace Buckner with that spot and I agree with you that Kyle Shanahan is absolutely not sold on Jimmy G but I do think Jimmy G will probably start the season it could be a Justin Fields type situation where we see Trey Lance as early as week three or so we will see how that works out but let's go back to the Seattle Seahawks here real quick what do you think of this team I I'm finding it hard to put a a a handicap on this team I don't think that they're going to win the division but I don't know if they're going to be awful because of Russell Wilson. They always seem, and and Pete Carroll, I think, has proven to be a very good coach over the years as well. They just always seem to find a way to remain competitive, no matter what you want to say about their offensive line. Russell Wilson taking as many sacks as he does, uh, the running game, what have you. Uh, I I just get a feeling that some way or another, Seattle's going to be in the mix once again.
4: Well, look, I like Seattle overall when you look at some of the individual pieces. The question mark that always is there with this team, and I blame John Schneider for this, which is the fact that they have not given Russell Wilson offensive line help. Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, I actually have Russell Wilson as a top three to five quarterback in the NFL. Sure. He's unbelievable in terms of what he's able to do and doesn't necessarily have the support that other teams have. When you look defensively, Bobby Wagner, he's an unbelievable player. Uh, I like Jamal Adams back in the secondary. Ben Burkirvan, if you're not familiar with him, played at Washington. I like him a lot as well in that secondary. Um, But this team just, Brady, when you look at this division, Would it surprise you at all if every one of these teams within the division almost went three and three or four? You know, you have somebody at four and two and somebody at two and four. It's so tough. There's not a single game. Seattle toughest road environment in the NFL. Maybe you make the case for Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. 49ers, a very good football team. I like the acquisition of Trey Sermon. I, I, I like their running game. They're going to be a run first team. I think the Rams are a far upgrade over Jared Goff with Matthew Stafford in there. And then Arizona, let's see if Kyler Murray and company could take a step forward. You combine DeAndre Hopkins, future Hall of Famer, and a potential Hall of Famer in Adriel Jeremiah Green, A.J. Green. I love this kid. He he had first seven years, 1,000 yards you know, because he played in Cincinnati, nobody realized how great he was playing with the Red Rifle. Um, him now being in that mold, I mean, excuse me, as a secondary guy, how impactful can he be? He catches everything in his area.
2: Yeah, no, I, I'm high on the Cardinals, and you look at their alternate season win total, their 9.5 over that is plus 170. I don't know if they can get to 10 wins, but I, I wouldn't shy away from that bet. Real quick here, Amal, and we can continue, but let's move over to the NFC South. The defending Super Bowl champion Buccaneers are are the favorite to win this division. The Saints are the second choice. I know you've been high on the Saints for the last few years. Of course, they have uh, quarterback issues to address there with Sean Payton and uh, Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. And then you've got the Falcons and the Panthers bringing up the rear. Personally, I really like the Panthers. I'm high on this team going from worst to first. I think Matt Rule's uh, proven to be a really good new coach in this league. I love what he's done in the draft going primarily on defense. I think this team's going to make some noise in the NFC South.
4: I, I hear what you're saying. My concern is the quarterback position. When you look at this team right now, you've got obviously Sam Darnold, uh, P.J. Walker as, as a backup quarterback. You know, he, he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat when he was at <laughs> Temple. Um, I, I just don't like Darnold necessarily, but I think Matt Rule is a terrific coach. You're going to get a healthy Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Roddy Anderson, uh, to me, excuse me, Robbie Anderson is a guy that I like with this team at the wide receiver position. Uh, I have some concerns about the offense. though. The defense will slowly start to get better and better. I think they're solid, but I don't know if they can win the division. I think the Saints are dangerous. Um, because I think Sean Payton is such a tremendous play caller. The loss of Michael Thomas for a little while is going to be impactful early on for this team. Remember, the Buccaneers were extremely fortunate last year. They didn't lose a lot of guys due to injury. You pointed out with the 49ers, similar situation in the opposite positive direction for Tampa last year. They they were able to sustain... the team, because of the health. Defense played well, and they also were benefiting from terrible coaching decisions in the playoffs and the Super Bowl from the opposition. One other thing I want to point out, real quickly, that doesn't get talked about enough, in my opinion. Yes, Brady won the Super Bowl, and he was great. But there were times you saw some regression from Brady. Mm-hmm. And I think, he, look, Father Time is still undefeated. And, and you're seeing some of that a little bit. They have immense talent around him Antonio Brown, Gronk, Evans. Uh, you know, you've got some playmakers there. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. One
2: hour in the books here on my guys in the desert. We can continue the NFC South discussion on the other side, and we will do that throughout some more opinions on the Saints, the Buccaneers, the Falcons, and the Carolina Panthers. When we return, right here on Veasan, the Sports Betting Network.
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW report void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.